Hello, I'm Angelina. And I'm Martin. And this is the CX Cast. Returning today to the CX Cast is Shara Van Boskirk. She is VP Principal Analyst on the CX team, and she has come to the CX cast before to introduce the concept and practice of customer obsession. She's returning today with a little bit more on that or a lot of bit more on that because customer obsession matters more than ever. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. But first, hey, Char, how's it going? Angelina, I'm good. Nice to chat with you. Great to chat with you as well. First, what's going on? Why does customer obsession matter so much right now? Well, I think uh, obviously we are in a bit of economic turmoil. I think globally the world is seeing trends and forces in the economy that are hard to explain and normally don't happen together. And what we have found in the course of watching the strangeness of the pandemic is that it's companies that have continued to put the customer at their foundation that have managed to weather the storm. So said quite simply, I think it's companies that understand their customers, use their understanding of customers to drive answers to questions of budget, of strategy, of supply chain that are well positioned to move through whatever uncertainty we experience in the forces that are are coming our way in the years ahead. We have explained this on a separate podcast, but just really, really briefly, can you kind of summarize what what do we mean by customer obsession? Because it sounds a bit, well, on one hand, it sounds a bit fluffy, and I know it's not. And on the other hand, We've talked about this in Europe, and we know that if you if you ask an Italian about obsession, they say, go to the doctor. This is like bad for you to be obsessed. <laughs> so like, what, what do we mean by customer obsession? So the, the phrase customer obsession is a very deliberately chosen phrase, precisely because that word obsession is so provocative. If you think of something that you are obsessed with, it's the thing that you can't get out of your mind even when you try. It's the thing that that has etched itself in the front of your forehead and you just can't think around it. So Forrester defines customer obsession as putting the customer at the center of your leadership, strategy, and operations. And it is obsession for a few reasons. It's more than just caring about your customer experiences. It's more than just focusing on customer service. This is about pivoting your entire enterprise so that the very value and reason that your business exists is because of the value that your customers seek. So that idea of being obsessed means that it is the driver of every decision. It is the driver of every hire you make, every partnership that you engage with, every facilities decision that you undertake, every leadership choice, every strategy move, that the customer sits at the center of all of that. And so this idea of obsession, if, if that word trips you up, that's okay. You can call it something else. But just remember to treat it as the driving force of your enterprise strategy. And that, I think, is why it, it matters so much now, that businesses that can do that won't be controlled by market forces in the same way that businesses that are just panicking or trying to react or trying to control supply chain, for example, without understanding what their customer value is anyway. So does every business need the same level of customer obsession? Like how customer obsessed should we be? 
Such good questions you're asking. Um, no. So, so here's what I found. I will admit, when I started doing research in this area, I felt um, maybe cynical is the wrong word. Maybe that's too strong a word, but I was a bit incredulous. I felt like, doesn't everybody know to uh, put the customer first? I mean, that's sort of like the fundamental rule of business. And what I found in the course of doing this research is that if you treat customer obsession as a as a way to think through decisions, almost like you would uh, return to Porter's Five Forces, you know, that if you just sort of use it as a way to think through, well, is this decision something that puts the customer at the center? Is this something that's going to create more value for my customer? Then that helps you make more prudent decisions. Now, a couple of things come out of that to your question. First of all, it means that your customer is driving what customer obsession feels like and how it manifests to you. So Forrester's version, like what we are as a partner to our clients, might be very different from what CenturyLink, which is a utility company, might be like. Very different from what Nordstrom might be like. Very different from what Navy Federal Credit Union might be like. Because the expectations of what your customers need from you is different. At the same time, Maybe the level of customer obsession that you aspire to also varies depending on what your customers need. So the way that I talk about it with clients when they're really buckling down to pull this off is I say, okay, let's figure out where you are today. How customer obsessed are you already? What do your customers want from you? And how much will it cost you to get to that place? And for some companies, the payoff is not worth the cost to become, you know, the top level of customer obsession. And I actually think that's okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't bother because we have a lot of research that shows the value. It's a nice linear function. The more customer obsessed you become, the greater your ROI is. It's just also a matter of being quite practical. Your customer will want different things from you depending on who they are and what your business offers. The cost to become customer obsessed is something that matters. And so you want to figure out how much will it cost me per the return that I'm going to get. And that can help figure out the, the sweet spot, if you will, of how customer obsessed you should become and how much time and money it's worth to pursue that level. So what you're touching on a little bit is how to mature towards customer obsession and I think what's really important to differentiate here is customer obsession versus customer experience. I mean, customer experience is ultimately an outcome of customer obsession. And maturing customer obsession is not enough to mature customer experience management, right? Because you're just fixing one piece of it, one end result, when there's so much happening in the background to get there. So can you talk a little bit more about maturing towards customer obsession? Yeah. So... I feel like the semantics trip people up here. And so I don't want to confuse whatever language feels comfortable at an organization to talk about this idea of putting the customer at the center of the enterprise. What I want to emphasize is that customer obsession is about enterprise-wide business strategy. Customer experience, as you described, is an outcome of that. Perhaps it's an ingredient of that. Perhaps it's a very specific function that is helping to drive that. But I like to think about it almost like customer obsession is the umbrella that might be helping to direct your technology function, your marketing function, your operations function, your HR and employee experience function, and your CX function. 
where CX may be very focused on a particular set of projects that are very important to improve customer loyalty, um, experience of the brand, removing friction from interactions and that sort of thing. So very interrelated. And I think the easiest way to think about it is that customer obsession is at the enterprise level. There's a great example that probably you guys uh, know and have talked about in the past, which is the Delta Airlines example. If you rewind all the way back to Delta, you know, 10, 11 years ago, before they were known for a lot of their customer experience innovations, things like their baggage tracking app and things like that, they did something very operationally focused. They started having planes back out at a 45 degree angle instead of a 90 degree angle. And they started hosting replacement parts in all of their maintenance and repair centers. That was a customer-obsessed decision. It was about how do we as a company create greater value for our customers? How do we get them off the gate faster so that they get in the air faster so that they have more on-time arrivals? How do we maintain planes so that we get them repaired and back in the air faster? That will help maintain our fleet so that we have a better ability to service the customers that we want. That's a little bit different than we're going to create a really smooth mobile app that helps you know when your luggage has arrived at the carousel. So a little potato potato in the semantics, but think about it as like directing an enterprise-wide strategy with the customer at the center versus improving the specific interactions that you have with a customer and using those interactions to facilitate the customer value that you want to create. Now, I think you asked a question that was about maturity and how do we think about that. So I'll give a, a few ideas. I wish I could say that this was easy as a checklist. You know, I'm just going to give you a 20-step checklist, and when you've done all 20 things, good for you, you're customer-obsessed. Of course, nothing in business is so clear-cut. And so the way to think about this is that customer obsession is a, a perpetual business orientation. It's about changing the mindset of what your business is for. What is the business in business to do? And if you can reorient around, we are in the business to deliver a value that our customer can't get on his or her own. And everything we do needs to focus on creating that value. So if you want to build that mindset and that orientation and get more sophisticated with that, I do have a few recommendations, a few guidelines. The first thing I tell companies to do is sort of know their starting point. How customer focused are you today? Are you generally aware that customers matter, but you're kind of about internal operations and efficiency gains and budget cuts? Or are you really focused on using customer experience, creating customer relationships, building your insights and your analysis and your ability to understand what your customers need from a quantitative and qualitative research perspective? So sort of know, know where you are. Then the second thing I tell businesses to do is to figure out what their expression of customer obsession should be. This is the answer to that question of what do your customers want? And it's not going to be the same thing as what people want from Amazon or what people want from Ritz-Carlton, which are sort of companies that are known for their customer centricity. So think about what your customers want. And of course, Forrester can help do that. And then the third thing I, I tell companies to do is to connect their operations, you know, the work that they're doing to that expression of customer obsession. So if your expression of customer obsession is really about reliability, it's about just being a business that your customers can count on, 
that's very different from being like a high touch, high service, white glove type of experience. So if you're going to be that reliable partner, what does that mean everyone needs to do? And I think you can parse out some goals associated with for us to be reliable, for us to be just infinitely uh, available for our customers when they need us. What do we have to do to pull that off? And then you can map those goals onto the work tasks of everybody at the company. Easier said than done. I've got some other thoughts about that, but that's the, that's the sort of three-step orientation to becoming more customer-obsessed. I want to pick up on the, the Delta piece you mentioned before, and it kind of links into this operations and value piece. The decisions Delta took to stage spare parts around the world to get the planes up and running quicker or to like, reduce fuel bills because they're operating the planes differently, their, their decisions and operations person could have taken in a kind of like Six Sigma kind of world. Yeah. So what makes that customer obsessed? How do, they connect, how do you connect customer obsessed value into like deep operational efficiency decisions? So the other observation I will say from me doing this research is I really thought it was going to be an either or. I really thought it was going to be like, well, you pull the brand lever or you pull the customer lever. You pull the operations lever or you pull the customer lever as you're trying to figure out as a business how to grow. And what I found is that the whole notion of customer obsession is about using the customer understanding that you gain to help improve the existing business undertakings that you already have in place. So I think, Martin, the point is that, yeah, some savvy operations person should be looking for ways to cut costs, for ways to gain efficiency. And by having a customer orientation to that, you're doing them in a way that creates value for the customer and demonstrates the essence of your brand and the values of your company. This is maybe a a poor analogy, but I like to think of customer obsession almost like the salt that you put on top of a good recipe. Like the thing tastes good already, and then you put just a little bit of salt on it, and now it tastes delicious. This is not a substitute. It doesn't make a poorly created dish. It doesn't somehow make that thing edible. You know, this isn't a substitute for a good business strategy and for a really solid model that you've thought through and you figured out the value of within the market, this isn't a substitute for that. This is an amplifier of that that helps make sure that all the things that you have oriented your business around are really tuned to what your customers need so that you stand out from competitors and so that you can weather the fluctuations of you know, market conditions. Sharp, I know you've been doing a bit of ROI research. Do you mind sharing what you've been finding? So I wanted to see what the value was of becoming more more mature with customer obsession. We have in our research a general orientation that companies that are customer obsessed compared to companies that are not have greater revenue growth, greater customer retention, and greater employee loyalty. Those were factors that we observed from some quantitative analysis and segmenting companies that were more customer obsessed and comparing them to companies that were less customer obsessed. So we knew that, but that didn't answer the ROI question. This was the question of, well, how much does it cost to get that sort of payoff? And based on the kind of company you are, what sort of return can you expect? So I created this research. It's called, is customer obsession worth it? You know, really profound question, kind of like why bother? 
And the way we did it is we looked at the required steps and investment to move from one level of customer-obsessed maturity to the next. And just an orientation there, Forrester's identified five levels of customer-obsessed maturity where you might be at the very, very bottom customer naive. You know, think of these as sideline businesses that just aren't thinking about the customer all the way up to customer obsessed. And there's some stages in the middle. So we created a, an ROI model that looks at what does it take? What efforts do you have to undertake to move from a level one to a level two, a level two to a level three, and on up all the way to customer obsession? Then we looked at what is the benefit? So if, if it is true that you have greater customer retention, you have greater employee loyalty, and you have a faster revenue growth, how fast does that flywheel kick in and does it offset the cost to become more mature? And then we, we factored that by three types of companies. Now we could do this for any type of company, but we tried to just create some general archetypes of a big enterprise retailer, a bank, and a manufacturer. And we found that the ROI is actually fast and very large because the cost to pull these off is actually fairly minimal. So I'll just share um, some overall numbers because I like, you know, I like the summary. We've found that for a manufacturing company to go all the way from, you know, a customer naive organization to a customer obsessed organization is over a 900% ROI. 900%. Now that transition, so sort of moving from a one to a five, doesn't happen overnight. This is a 12-year estimate because this is a long-term enterprise pivot, but there is positive ROI at every stage. So if you presume that it takes, let's say, three years to move up one level, it's a almost 100% ROI to move from a one to a two, almost a 300% ROI to move from a two to a three, and a over 600% ROI to move from a three to a four. So I just wanna share those numbers because I think, especially in an uncertain economy, it's reassuring to think that the investments you're making in your customer and in creating a culture that is oriented around putting the customer first actually has a tremendous business outcome associated with revenue, retention, and a decreased cost of customer acquisition, employee loyalty and retention, and a decreased cost of, of nurturing and recruiting employee talent. I love it because it becomes less about as you grow, you must also do these things and more a here's the path forward on how to grow to see 900% ROI. I mean, it, it helps leaders make sound decisions. That's great. So what's next for you then with the customer obsession research? So I'm looking right now at a little bit of an opportunity cost analysis. So we did this ROI analysis. Now I want to look at the cost of not being customer obsessed. So almost a, a risk assessment. If you choose not to move up the maturity ladder or you choose to maybe invest in other things because you're panicking about the economy, what are you giving up? What are you risking? And what could be the negative outcome of that? So I think said differently, it's sort of like if you don't continue to invest, what is the cost of standing still? And I'm going to apply Forrester's TEI methodology to do that as well. So it'll be a nice companion report to the ROI report. It's sort of like, what is the upside? That's the ROI. 
And then what is the risk and danger if you don't continue to invest and you don't work to put the customer first? And listeners can learn more about our TEI total economic impact reports on our website. Shar, thanks so much for this. And good news, listeners. Shar does even more than customer obsession research. So she's going to be back soon to talk about effective CMOs. So keep an eye out for that one shortly. But for now, Shar, thanks for joining. Angelina, Martin, thank you guys. Great to chat with you. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at forrester.com. Message us on Twitter at cx underscore cast. And as always, you can find us at www.thecxcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.